This is Monocle On Design Extra. It's a short show to accompany our weekly long-form program where we unpack everything from architecture and craft to furniture and fashion. I'm Nick Manise. This week, we ask a question. What can the layout of a space tell us about domestic power structures? And, for the answer, we turn to the latest exhibition from the Royal Institute of British Architects, or REBA, in London. Its showcase, called Radical Rooms, Power of the Plan, explores architectural projects that have changed the conventions of domestic life, while also highlighting the contributions of women in their development and design. To find out more, we caught up with architect Charles Holland and visual artist Di Mainstone, who collaborated on the project. So we started off with an invitation from our curator, Marie at Mortensen to go and visit the archives. And so we started off visiting the V&A. Our IBA drawing collection is housed at the V&A and the photographic collection is at the RIBA itself. We were interested in the relationship of architecture and power within the house and within domestic plans. So not in the kind of really obvious places that architecture and power intersect, so sort of big institutions or military buildings or prisons or anything, but we're really interested in the sort of micro-territories of power in the house, the way that people are sort of separated out, the way that families might organise themselves spatially, historically, I suppose, the relationship between families and servants and all those sort of power relations that are in uh, the domestic plan. We then started delving into the RBA's archive of, of house plans. Started to sort of sketch out a kind of history of them, but then I think the sort of um, point of departure was probably then to look at these three houses and the four women, wasn't it? Which is a very particular narrative that Di brought to the archive material. We decided that this kind of space that um, Charles and his team had designed needed inhabiting and we were like, who's going to inhabit this space? And so during the research phase, I found it quite difficult to find kind of examples of women architects of designing these domestic spaces. So I kind of needed pointing in that direction by Marie. And so we started having this conversation about spotlighting women and their stories who had had involvement in the creation of these domestic spaces. When we first went to the V&A and looked at all of these plans and images, I felt quite overwhelmed because there was such a wealth of buildings that we were looking at over such an expansive period, you know, dating as far back as the 16th century to the modern time or to the 20th century. It was Marie who suggested that we look at Alaronde, um, this 16-sided house in Exeter, which was commissioned by Jane and Mary Parmenter, who I'm sure had a huge involvement in its kind of design as well. Suddenly, I found it a lot easier to kind of understand and visualise everything and sort of place it in a way that worked with my brain. <laughs> so I, I feel like I really needed that kind of human element to kind of hook onto, to feel connected to the project. We very quickly decided, right, this is the way we're going to go for the audiovisual. We're going to spotlight these women. And so then it was for me about absorbing their histories as much as I could. But I quickly found that I wasn't particularly interested in recreating a kind of historic 
um, interpretation of each of these characters, I found that I started to sort of place them in today's society and wonder who they might be today. I very quickly sort of imagined Jane and Mary Parmenter, who went on this extraordinary 10-year grand tour, had the most, I think, <laughs> I felt the most wonderful time, and who landed back in the UK in Exeter. I sort of imagined them as um, first-wave punk um, and started researching Susie and the Banshees, the Slits, and sort of punks of that era. But I remember all three of us, um, Marie, um, Di and I, all went to see the Palmetter House, Alaronda, within about three weeks of each other in summer. And we were all kind of blown away by how amazing it is. It's incredibly eccentric, but a really wonderful house. It's 16-sided, but it's based on a circular chapel that they saw on their grand tour. It could be described in architectural history terms as, as being a, a sort of cottage ornate, which is a sort of Georgian fantasy architecture really where Georgians would often adorn their country estates with rustic cottages uh, which was a deliberately sort of rough architecture often using like tree trunk columns and lots of sort of freely woodwork and um, rather kind of diminutive in scale it could be seen a bit within that tradition but it also breaks with that in lots of ways and it has incredibly almost unique kind of forms of decoration so the windows are all diamond shaped they're surrounded by these kind of blood red um, window frames with these very elaborate jade green shutters and inside they have these incredibly elaborate complex sort of mosquito net like shutters on the inside so they're very delicate mechanisms they're very odd shape each diamond is a slightly different all of the rooms are incredibly odd shapes, which Dai's music explores, that they lived in it almost like a clock. They would go round this house, living in different rooms, according to different times of the day. When I visited there, um, a lady took us round and she explained that they would have moved to follow the sun. So he started to sort of imagine it as a house clock, which came through in the lyrics. All of these shapes that Charles has been talking about, the, the 16-sided kind of plan shape came through into the costume so we created dresses directly from that shape which was just kind of draped over them the diamond shaped windows with the kind of lipstick red frame then became handheld masks that they'd peer through one of the final costumes uh, that I made was just a last minute idea which was sort of very much in, inspired by Oscar Schlemmer's triadic ballet this giant kind of wearable plan that's kind of worn uh, and held with handlebars was created. So there was a lot of kind of inspiration in terms of directly taking from the architecture to create the costumes. I really loved the kind of way that Dai's interpretation of these women, well, I suppose from my side, sort of plays completely fast and loose with sort of architectural chronology and history, but and in shuttling back and forth in the way that, yeah, the Parmenter cousins are reimagined as punk flaneurs. Patty Hopkins, the designer of the Hopkins house, becomes a kind of New York minimalist. <laughs> Steel cladding. Columns. Steel frame houses. 
and Bess of Hardwick, who, of course, is the originator of Hardwick Hall, which is the other of the three main houses that we concentrate on. She becomes a kind of grime artist, so Elizabethan grime is born yeah, <laughs> out of exactly. that reimagining. So that seemed a really amazing way to reframe those houses, um, as well as the costumes, just the sense that they can be talked about in a completely different way to how they're framed in conventional architectural history. Columns, beams, cast the foundations, carefully considered proportions, enclosure, insulation and That was architect Charles Holland and visual artist Di Mainstone. Radical Rooms, Power of the Plan, is on at Reba in London until the 30th of July 2022. And that's all for this week. If you're eager for more design stories, listen to our full-length program airing on Tuesdays at 8pm London time. Today's episode was produced by Charlie Filmer Court and Maylee Evans, who also edited the show. I'm Nick Manise. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>